The Lord be with you. And also with you. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ the Lord indeed. Alleluia. In this season of Easter, we gather to sing the hymns of faith, to illumine the imagination by the beauty of God, to quicken the conscience by the holiness of God, to warm the heart by the love of God, to devote the will to the purposes of God. We gather to worship Almighty God. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered for our gathered congregation here in Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your decisions about forms of ministry in our midst, and as the Spirit moves come Sunday, your presence with us in worship. On this Sunday, especially and happily, we welcome Marsh Chapel's own Inner Strength Gospel Choir under the direction of our colleague and friend, Dr. Herbert Jones. And to our pulpit, we welcome Brother Lawrence Whitney, our chaplain for community life who guides and leads our ministry with students here at Boston University. Brother Whitney will be bringing us our third Howard Thurman sermon for this academic year on Thurman and Resurrection. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
Let us pray together. Almighty and everlasting God, who in the Paschal mystery established the new covenant of reconciliation, grant that all who have been reborn into the fellowship of Christ's body may show forth in their lives what they profess by their faith. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. We begin our service of worship week by week with a moment in which we pause and bow. We bow together so that individually and personally we may lift our prayers of confession to the God of grace who brings the power of his pardon to us. That is, but for the grace of God we would not be, and but for the grace of God we could not love, and but for the grace of God we should not speak. But by God's grace we live and love and speak. As the choir sings for us our traditional Kyrie eleison, Lord have mercy, may we lift our silent prayers of confession. Let us pray. Beloved, remember the word of Scripture, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven us. Hear the good news, if we confess our sins, God who is faithful and just will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. A lesson from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 4 verses 32 through 35. Now the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one claimed private ownership of any possessions, but everything they owned was held in common. With great power, the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and a great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as owned land or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold. They laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. The word of the Lord. Be to 
together, children, don't you get weary. Walk together, children, don't you get so weary. There's a great camp meeting in the promised land. Brothers, say together, children, don't you get so Please join me in saying verses from Psalm 133 with the Antiphon. good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. It is like precious oil on the head, running down upon the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down over the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord ordained his blessing, life forevermore.
Now let us stand as we are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. John, chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. Glory to you, O Lord. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord Jesus. Jesus said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails, and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, 
my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing, you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ.
please be seated. The sermon this morning is not really a sermon. That is odd, you may be saying to yourself. It says right here in my bulletin, sermon. And so it does. Alas, when tasked with considering the careful crafting of religious and life experience into communicative text undertaken by the Reverend Dr. Howard Thurman, particularly on the topic of resurrection, it quickly becomes clear that it would be no small feat to attempt a presentation of his thoughts on the subject approaching anything like adequacy. There are those in our midst who could do so. I am not one of them. It would, of course, be best if Dr. Thurman were here in his own pulpit to present his thoughts himself. But even in so hollowed a nave as Marsh Chapel, we do not pretend to be able to fulfill this ideal, even under such an auspicious sermon title as Thurman and Resurrection. Thus, we are left with a less-than-ideal option, namely that of proffering some meager correlations between the themes of the resurrection gospel according to St. John and the thoughts and writings of Dr. Thurman, presented in the voice of one untimely-born two years after Thurman's death. Peace. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. Peace in Our Lives, a meditation of Howard Thurman from his book, The Growing Edge. I make of my life an offering to God. Fierce indeed is the grip by which we hold on to our lives as our private possession. The struggle to achieve some sense of individuality in the midst of other people and other things is grim. Always we are surrounded by persons, forces, and objects which lay siege to us and seek to make us means to their ends, or at least to their fulfillment. The demand is ever-present to distinguish between the self and the not-self. There are moments of enthusiasm when, with mounting excitement, we absorb ourselves in something beyond ourselves. When this happens, we fight at length to get back home, to come again into the familiar place, to be secure in our own boundaries. Again and again, the process repeats itself, wearing down the walls that shut us in. Of course, a man may by early resolution, by frustration, by bitter experience, withdraw more and more from all involvements. By this process, he seeks to immunize himself against hurts and from what seems to be certain disaster. Behold such a man. His spirit shrinks. 
His mind becomes ingrown, his imagination inward turning. The wall surrounding him becomes so thick that deep within he is threatened with isolation. This is the threat of death. Sometimes his spirit breaks out in reverse by giving voices to inward impulses, thus establishing by the sheer will to survival a therapy for the corrosion of his spirit. For all of this, religion has a searching word. Deep within are the issues of life. The rule of God is within. If thou hadst known the things which belong unto thy peace. There is a surrender of the life that redeems, purifies, and makes whole. Every surrender to a particular person, event, circumstance, or activity is but a token surrender, the temporary settling of the passing and transitory. They end in tightening the wall of isolation around the spirit. They are too narrow, too limited, finally unworthy. The surrender must be to something big enough to absolve one from the little way, the meager demand. There can be no tranquility for the spirit unless it has found something about which to be tranquil. The need for a sense of peace beyond all conflict can only be met by something that gathers up into itself all meaning and all value. It is the claim of religion that this is only found in God. The pathways may vary, but the goal is one. Spirit. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. God is with me, a meditation of Howard Thurman from his book, Meditations of the Heart. God is with me in the sense that he is the creator and the sustainer of life. This is a part of my general thought and experience. There is something so big and vast about God as creator and sustainer of all of life that it is hard for me to feel that I am included. God is with me. All around me are certain expressions of orderliness, of beauty, of wonder and delight. The regularity of sunrise and sunset, the fragile loveliness of a wisp of cloud fringed with silver, the wonder of day dawning and the delight of companionship. All these are his handiwork. God is with me. Again and again I am stirred by some experience of tenderness, some simple act of gratuitous kindness moving from one man to another, some quiet deed of courage wisdom, or sacrifice, or some striking movement of unstudied joy that bursts forth in the contagion of merry laughter.
I know God is with me. God is with me. Always there is the persistent need for some deep inner assurance, some whisper in my heart, some stirring of the spirit within me that renews, recreates, and steadies. Then, whatever betides of light or shadow, I can look out on life with quiet eyes. God is with me. Forgiveness. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. A selection from the chapter Reconciliation from Howard Thurman's book, Disciplines of the Spirit. The concern for reconciliation finds expression in the simple human desire to understand others and to be understood by others. These are the building blocks of the society of man, the precious ingredients without which man's life is a nightmare and the future of his life on the planet is doomed. Every man wants to be cared for, to be sustained by the assurance that he shares in the watchful and thoughtful attention of others. Not merely or necessarily others in general, but others in particular. He wants to know that, however vast and impersonal all life about him may seem, however hard may be the stretch of road on which he is journeying, he is not alone in an awareness sufficient to hold him against ultimate fear and panic. It is precisely at this point of awareness that life becomes personal and the individual a person. Through it, he gets some intimation of what, after all, he finally amounts to, and the way is cleared for him to experience his own spirit. The need to be cared for is essential to the furtherance and maintenance of life in health. This is how life is nourished. The simpler the form of life, the simpler the terms of caring. It is in human life that the need to be cared for can be most clearly observed, however, because here it can be most clearly felt. There was a lady in my church in San Francisco who felt very poignantly the need to be needed beyond the limits of her family. One day she went with a small group to visit the children's ward in a hospital. She noticed a baby in a crib against the wall. Despite the things that were going on in the ward and the excitement created by a group of English bell ringers and their tunes, this little child remained lying on his side with his face to the wall. But it was discovered that he was not asleep. His eyes were open in an unseeing stare. The nurse explained that the entire ward was worried because the child responded to nothing. Feeding had to be forced. Even if he cried all the time, that would be something to work with. But there is nothing, and he is not sick as far as anything clinical can be determined. He will surely die unless something is done. 
Then the lady decided to try to do something. Every day for several weeks, she visited the ward, took the little boy in her arms, talked to him, hummed little melodies and lullabies, and did all the spontaneous things that many years ago she had done with her own son. For a long time, there was absolutely no response. One day, when she lifted the child into her arms, there was a slight movement of the body, and the eyes appeared to be somewhat in focus. This was the beginning. Finally, on a later day, as her voice was heard greeting the nurse when she came into the ward, the child turned over, faced the ward, and tried to raise himself to a sitting position. Things happened rapidly thereafter until he was restored to health. Let us keep clearly in mind the issue here. The need to be cared for is fundamental to human life and to psychic and spiritual health and well-being. When this need is not met, the individual is thrown into conflict, an inner conflict that can only be resolved when the need is honored. The conflict expresses itself in many ways, from profound mental disturbance to the complete projection upon others of the hate and violence the person himself is feeling. The individual experiences the fulfillment of his need in a diffused way, by living in an atmosphere of acceptance and belonging. It is here that simple techniques of cooperation and adjustment are developed, which in time become the channels through which the intent to honor this deep need in others is implemented. Unwillingness to accept ill will, hatred, or violence directed toward oneself from another as the fundamental intent is the role of the reconciler, the function of reconciliation. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, says Jesus as he is dying on the cross. Doubt. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. An excerpt from the baccalaureate address delivered by Dr. Thurman at Spelman College in May of 1980. There is in every person something that waits and listens 
for the sound of the genuine in herself. There is in you something that waits and listens for the sound of the genuine in yourself. Nobody like you has ever been born, and no one like you will ever be born again. You are the only one. If you can hear the sound of the genuine within you, you will, if you cannot hear the sound of the genuine within you, you will never find what it is for which you are searching. And if you hear it and then do not follow it, it was better that you had never been born. You are the only you that has ever lived. Your idiom is the only idiom of its kind in all the existences. And if you cannot hear the sound of the genuine in you, you will all of your life spend your days on the ends of strings that somebody else pulls. So the burden of what I have to say to you is, what is your name? Who are you? And can you find a way to hear the sound of the genuine in yourself? There are so many noises going on inside of you, so many echoes of all sorts, so many internalizings of the rumble and the traffic going on in your minds, the confusions, the disorders by which your environment is peopled, that I wonder if you can get still enough. Not quiet enough, still enough, to hear rumbling up from your unique and essential idiom the sound of the genuine in you. I don't know if you can, but this is your assignment. The sound of the genuine is flowing through you. Don't be deceived and thrown off by all the noises that are a part even of your dreams, your ambitions, that you don't hear the sound of the genuine in you. Because that is the only true guide that you will ever have. And if you don't have that, you don't have a thing. Cultivate the discipline of listening to the sound of the genuine in yourself. life. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. Selections from Howard Thurman's The Search for Common Ground. When I was a small boy, I went across the meadow to visit with one of my chums. I was running around the house when I heard a voice which came from a knock on the window pane. I looked up to see my friend's father standing in the room. As soon as he caught my attention, he motioned for me to turn around and come into the house through the front door. When I entered the room, he pointed through an open window. There I saw his baby girl less than a year old, sitting in the sand, playing with a rattlesnake. It was an amazing and deeply frightening experience to watch. The child would 
turn the snake over on its side and do various things with him. The snake would crawl around her, then crawl back. It was apparent that they were playing together. I was sent back into the yard to stand guard to keep anyone from coming around the house to frighten them. For if their harmony were broken by sudden disharmony, created by noise or sudden movement, there would have been violence on earth. After a while, the baby grew tired of playing, turned away, and started crawling toward the back steps. The snake crawled towards the woods on the edge of the yard. It was then that the father drew a bead on the snake's head with his shotgun, killing him instantly. It was as if two different expressions of life, normally antagonistic to each, had dropped back into some common ground, and there reestablished a sense of harmony through which they were relating to each other at a conscious level. The paradox of conscious life is the ultimate issue here. On the one hand is the absolute necessity for the declaration that states unequivocally the uniqueness of the private life, the awful sense of being an isolate, independent, and alone, the great urgency to savor one's personal flavor, to stand over against all the rest of life in contained affirmation while on the other hand is the necessity to feel oneself as a primary part of all of life, sharing at every level of awareness a dependence upon the same elements in nature, caught up in the ceaseless rhythm of living and dying, with no final immunity against a common fate that finds and holds all living things. Men, all men, belong to each other. And he who shuts himself away diminishes himself, and he who shuts another away from him destroys himself. And all the people said, Amen. These things are written and spoken that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Beloved, we invite you to a time of prayer in whatever manner and location is best fit to your own tradition. Some may want to stand and others may want to come to the communion rail. Others may simply want to bow in quiet stillness where we are in the nave. As we prepare our hearts and minds for prayer, let us join together in, our, in the singing of our call to prayer, Lead Me, Lord.
thou presence of peace. O thou prince of peace. O thou presence of peace. Embrace us, we ask, in thy loving care in this hour. Touch, heal, nourish, nurture. Thou giver of peace and spirit, forgiveness and faith. Thou giver of life, to thee we turn in this hour. We pray for thy blessing, for thy gifts in this hour. Help us to receive with confidence, we pray, the surprising gifts embedded in our personal lives. Help us to notice the unexpected possibility, the new friend, the unusual word, the strange connection. Dear God, help us these days to come to see more than we plan to see, to receive more than we expect to receive, as we live in a confidence born of obedience. Dear God, shower us with the cool, saving rain and a moist presence of love. Give us a confidence to seek justice and peace. Help us in the confl conflicts of life personal and global, daily to seek thy promise. Peace I leave with you. Kindle daily in the hearts of women and men bearing great responsibility, an even greater daily desire for peace that passes understanding and a sense that in all things, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow. O oh Lord, as we pause to think and consider and remember the sound of the genuine, give us confidence as we seek thy peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray, who has taught us together to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
peace of the Lord be always with you and also with you. We welcome you once again to Marsh Chapel and hope you take a moment to help us get to know you better so that we can help you get to know one another better by putting your name and contact information in the red books found along the side aisle in each pew. We once again welcome the Inner Strength Gospel Choir under the direction of Herbert Jones to our chapel today. And we invite all of you to their concert together, which is being held here in Marsh Chapel on Friday at 7.30 p.m. Tickets will be $10 each at the door. They can be purchased ahead of time in the George, Sher George Sherman Union for $8 apiece. On Monday, the Marsh Chapel office will be closed due to Marathon Monday. However, we do invite you to Dean Hill's home for a brunch at his home starting at 10.30 a.m. Additionally, on Saturday, we invite you to enjoy this beautiful spring weather outside with a Marsh Chapel's trip to Walden Pond. We will leave from Marsh Chapel at 10.30 a.m. For all other upcoming services and activities, we would encourage you to keep an eye on the Marsh Chapel website, bu.edu chapel, where you may also find the opportunity for online giving now, walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
day and night, as a group of those who believe with one heart and soul, let us know that any private ownership we have is by your grace. Bless these gifts held in common ownership, and let us use them to your glory. Amen. Dearly beloved, let us remember that life is short, and we do not have too much time to gladden the hearts of those who walk the way with us. So be swift to love, and make haste to be kind. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit abide and remain with you now and always. Amen. <laughs>